Welcome to the Whole Equestrian Podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness, discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, an international five-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete, and I'm recording this at my new farm in Aiken, South Carolina. Super exciting. Um, I am Tyler Held, a semi-retired professional five-star groom, doctor of sport and performance psychology, a lifelong learner and adventure seeker, a gym owner and blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I am recording in Chester County, Pennsylvania at my still somewhat new-to-me house. Yeah, so many... (laughs) So many new things in the past less than six months. So yep, definitely. And I get to see you next weekend in Chester County, Pennsylvania, which I'm looking forward to. I'm super excited to to hopefully make that crazy schedule of everything that you're trying to get done uh, collide. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So anyways, we would like to welcome you or welcome you back to the whole Equestrian Podcast And as we said in our intro, our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. And we do this by having conversations about being more well-rounded individuals via our pillars, mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. We release one main episode a month, but have also had some exciting guests on the show, so make sure to check those out. Uh, This month's episode is going to be focused on Kentucky, so uh, if you've been a fan of the show for some time, you know that our big event reflections don't really follow so much into the mold of our podcast, but Emily and I were both at Kentucky, um, Emily as a competitor and myself kind of as a groom, kind of hanging out and seeing some people, Um, so we'll get into that after we dive into our goals and books, so um, Emily, we, we talked about your new farm last episode, but you mm-hmm. weren't quite settled in yet. So how does it feel to be settled in? Give me some updates on your goals. All things Emily Hamill. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I'm enjoying the new farm. I would not say I'm settled in because it's just been like, you know, I moved in and then two-ish weeks later, I left for Kentucky and then I was gone for a week, a little bit over a week. And then, you know, I came back, was here for a couple days, then went on a little mini vacation and now I'm back. And so like, it's just been, it's just been a busy couple of weeks and all good things, you know, a good kind of busy, but I'm looking forward to it slowing down a bit and just like enjoying the new farm and trying to get things situated and all of that so yeah um and then as far as you know my word of the year create we talked about it a little bit last episode um but again my my goal was to create a more permanent living and living situation slash barn situation and uh, i think i could safely check that off the list um And also, like, just goals related to creating things. Uh, I had made this intention that I wanted to finish in the top 10 at Kentucky, and uh, I did. And we'll get more into that later. 
but that was exciting. So I feel like I'm just kind of creating my life a little bit this year and I'm loving it. So yeah. Amazing. Amazing. What about you? Um, well, for my word of the year paragon, I don't think I really have like too much new to talk about with that. Um, again, just trying to lead by example and be a good role model for the kids that I teach and for my clients and like, uh, self-discovery and, and, and whatnot. And I'll talk a little bit more about that once we get into books, 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 because I have like a little bit of a revelation slash, uh, I don't even know, just personal reflection on myself to kind of talk about there. Um, But in terms of goals, I did hit 150 consecutive days of learning Portuguese. And I think I decided that I want to order man's search for meaning in portuguese to be my book that i try to read in portuguese because i feel like that's one that was such an influential book for me and i always kind of put it on my reread list that it would be a fun one to do in portuguese i think that's a great idea and also because you've already read the book in english maybe that would help you understand i don't know We'll see. That might be going out on a limb. But. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> so. I feel like I do pretty decently with like the little app and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I'm sure like if someone came up to me and tried to speak Portuguese to me, I would just be like, Ooh, no clue what you're saying. Um, so there's that. Amongst other goals, I'm headed out to California in two weeks to do the world championships for jujitsu. But um, I'm feeling good about that. I'm feeling calm, relaxed at the end of the day. Uh it's supposed to be fun. And I feel like I went into pans thinking I've got a really good shot of winning or even placing on the the podium. And when I didn't, I wasn't like too upset about it. But I just really want to do do worlds because it's fun. And it's my boyfriend's first time out on the West Coast. So we're kind of turning it into a vacation too. Uh, So I feel like the pressure's off. And my goal is to do the best that I can. So looking forward to it. That's awesome. What part of California is that in? Uh, Long Beach, California, which I'm not like super familiar with either. Uh, My grandparents lived in California, but it was a different area and I haven't been in a long time. So uh, it will be fun. A good time. We're just going to explore. Like we like to not plan things and do like spontaneous activities when we get there. So love that. Well, is it time (laughs) for the segment of the show that we have to try to coordinate for uh books 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 books. yeah I think there is too long of a setup for that one like I was ready before you added that last little little bit but that's okay we got to come up with a system that was my fault I really wanted to prime you for it so I was just like too much priming too much priming I'll 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 make a note for for next episode (laughs) okay Oh, right. So I haven't been doing a ton of reading, but I did start a new book. I'm about halfway through it. Uh, It's called Lynchpin by Seth Godin, and it was um, a recommendation through the Jay Shetty podcast on purpose. Um, So he recommended like his top five reads for this year, and I've already read one of the books, and so this is the second and I like it. The, it's basically about how to become um, 
like an indispensable part of your company or like whoever you work for so if you're if you have a boss and you're like part of a company like how to become so good at what you do that like you know you're impossible to like replace or let go or if you're an entrepreneur like how again to be the best and like how to bring something unique to the table so that people like want to work with you and so it's just it's an interesting read um I like it they're very like it's broken up into very short pieces and like little little stories here and there so it's it's pretty good so far um yeah it sounds sounds interesting I feel like I've heard someone else recommend that book before um I'd be yeah I'd be curious to hear your finished review once you kind of wrap up the the story and everything like that but uh definitely sounds like it's goal oriented. I feel like when you were saying that, I was like, that's how I felt at Kevin's. I felt like I was a linchpin to Kevin and that's why he doesn't like me anymore. Cause you left and he's like, I can never find another Tyler. I can never replace her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly, that's exactly what this book is about, but you already know how to do that. So maybe you don't need to read this book, but yeah, but you know, it could maybe help my sports psychology practice. Who knows? Who I'm sure it could. So I'm excited to hear about your book because you put this post on our social media and it was very like, oh, I want to know about it. It was with you and the and your cat. I don't know which one and the, the book and Come it was on. about tennis. Emily, your your two weeks of actually living in my house with me didn't uh didn't get you so like solidified on which cat is which. They look very similar. I know one has like one white ear and one has two, but I didn't actually look at the picture that close. I was, it was just like, oh. It was kind of a side profile. I didn't actually mean for my cat to be in there, but she kind of brushed against the book while I took it. I was like, well, that's kind of cute. Um, it was Kimora, yeah. by the nice. way. But yeah, I'm, I am really excited to talk about this book because I feel like we've talked about before how I've kind of felt burnt out on reading like self-improvement books or like the concepts just seem really repetitive now and it's all the same and I've just been in a little bit of a funk and I'm sure some of that was how much reading I had to do to finish my doctorate it's just like blah information overload it's it's the same same shit different day basically is how I felt like picking up books picking up books and I would I would try to open something up saying like, I should read this, right? Like I should be reading this. And I would never get to the joy that I did when I was first exploring it, right? In 2019, Mm -hmm. I was chewing that stuff up like it was candy, but it just got to a point where I was like, I don't know, like I need something else. I need something different. And the inner game of tennis is something that... I've heard mentioned on several podcasts and several like recommendations and stuff like that. And it's always kind of been on my radar, um, but I've never picked it up. And ironically, I was at a book fair. Uh, I was visiting my parents and there happened to be like a book barn sale fair, fair thing. And I bought two of a trilogy of fiction books, right? It was just like, mm-hmm. oh, these look interesting, but the first one of the trilogy is not here. I was like, oh, well, I'll just get them and I'll order on Thrift Books because uh, we love the website Thrift Books where you can get really cheap books uh, that are used. And I was like, oh, I need to add $4 to my cart to get free shipping or whatever. I'm like, 
I remember they were just talking about the inner game of tennis on my podcast the other day. I should actually like read that one. And again, it was more so a I should read this than I want to or anything like that. And from page one, it had me hooked. It's it's all about sports psychology and like how to win the inner game. But the way that he articulates it is basically talking about how to discover and differentiate between like self one, your ego driven thinking self and self two, which is just like the effortless doing and learning and uh the concepts of trying too hard actually uh, leads to performance failures and sort of this concept that I try to articulate to my clients all the time, right? Because I have someone that comes to me with focus problems. I'm like, look, like we can talk about this, we, we can dissect it, but at the end of the day, when you go down the center line of a dressage ring, I don't want you thinking too much about focus or focusing too much on focus because that's an ironic error in and of itself, right? Because you're forcing mm-hmm. something into a box and you're trying to create it um, and and it might just go awry. So I just really liked the way that things were said in this book. Um, one, I, I kind of wanted to read two little quotes from here. Um, the first one was compliments are criticisms in disguise both are used to manipulate behavior and compliments are just more socially acceptable and I feel like that really relates to the conversation in mindset by saying like I am smart can be a limiting belief just as I am dumb can be a limiting belief and like if you compliment someone on some something their focus is going to be going into replicating that thing so if you know, your student has a really good eye to the fences and they're like hitting the distance, but they're doing it because they're not thinking about it and they're just in that flow state. And you say, wow, like you're really hitting your distance today. They might go out to the next jump and try too hard to hit the distance that then things start to fall apart. And so I thought that was an interesting take on compliments. Um, And then this one's a little bit longer, but I think it's really valuable uh, to read. It says, winning is overcoming obstacles to reach a goal, but the value in winning is only as great as the value of the goal reached. Reaching the goal itself may not be as valuable as the experience that can come in making a supreme effort to overcome the obstacles involved. The process can be more more rewarding than victory itself. Once one recognizes the value of having difficult obstacles to overcome, it is a simple matter to see the true benefit that can be gained from a competitive sport. In tennis, who is it that provides a person with the obstacle he needs in order to experience his highest limit? His opponent, of course. Then your opponent, is he a friend or an enemy? He is a friend to the extent that he does his best to make things difficult for you. Only by playing the role of your enemy does he become your true friend only by competing with you does he in fact cooperate no one wants to stand around on the court waiting for the big wave in this use of competition it is the duty of your opponent to create the greatest possible difficulties for you just as it as it is yours to try to create obstacles for him only by doing this do you give each other the opportunity to find out what heights each can rise. And I I just loved that because 
I've always said, like, uh, when I learned the Latin root of the word compete means to strive together, like, I really feel like that embodies it. In competitive sports, people are always pinned against each other. But, like, I don't want to go win a training level because everyone else CR'd on the show jumping course and I had uh, 104 as my last score, right? I want to win because right. it was wire to wire and I feel like I challenged myself and did really well. Um, so yeah, really good book, highly recommended. And ironically had several of our listeners reach out and mention things about the inner game of tennis, like right around the same time I started listening it. So it was just kind of another one of those, I was meant to be reading this book right now moments. Yeah. That's awesome. I love those moments where you just find the right thing at the right time and you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. No. And like, ironically, I feel like it's like sparked the interest in reading back into me. Um, and I'll, I'll save this book for either like an Instagram clip or something else. But uh, there's another book that I'm really excited to talk about uh, as well that like, I'm like, I'm going to finish this book in a day. It's so good. Nice. Well, I may need to do some thrift book shopping. If I was still living with you, I could just borrow the book. But, you know, I'll have to I'll have to get my own copy down here in South Carolina. Yeah, it's uh, I think it's definitely worth worth having a copy. Perfect. Well, uh, that was a good little books, books, books section. Yeah. So I think it's time to jump into our Kentucky recap. And I don't even know where to begin. There were like the highs were high people and the lows were low. So um, where, where do you want to start? <laughs> Why don't we start with the highs, Emily? Because I feel like you kind of let us into that with your talking about goals and sort of manifesting slash thinking about that top 10 finish. So talk to me about your mental preparation because it sounds like a lot of that happened in preparation um or yeah just whatever your interpretation is okay so leading up to Kentucky um it was it was an interesting lead up just because I had so much other stuff going on like and in previous five stars I have just been like focused solely on that and I I don't want to say I wasn't focused. I I definitely was, but I also like was moving into the new farm and um like hiring new people and just like there was a lot. <laughs> and so the like week or two before Kentucky, I was like this is I don't know how this is going to go. I feel so unfocused. Like I was still doing everything I needed to with Barry, but I just felt like a little bit unfocused, but then I kept telling myself I was like okay, we just, you know, get through this. And then as soon as I get in the car on the way to Kentucky, like it is game, game on. I need to like forget about what's happening at the farm and just focus on the task at hand. And um, it was nice knowing like I have, well, I had three girls helping while I was away and they did a fantastic job. Like never once was I worried that things weren't getting done. And um, so big shout out to Lauren, Holly, and Kelly. You guys like made it easy for me to shift focus um, as soon as I left the farm. Uh, so that was kind of leading up to it. Also, I knew that dressage was like, that's where I needed to put some focus on um, in the weeks. Well, I guess I've been focusing on it forever, but, you know, really doing more leading up to Kentucky because I felt pretty confident that I could end 
on my dressage score. Um, so I knew that I needed something competitive. So um, I connected with Melissa Vaughn, who I rented stalls from last year in Aiken. And she had always been like, hey, if you want to try some different bits on Barry and see if that helps, like I'm happy to come over and bring my giant bit selection. So she was nice enough to to um, help me try like eight different bits. We found one that I think like made a difference. And then in that process, like I realized she has a really good eye on the ground. And so then she gave me a couple like lessons leading up to it. And she's a Grand Prix dressage rider. Like she's has really good credentials and um, like I just get along with her. We work well together. So she was nice enough to help me before I left. And then once I got to Kentucky, we did some virtual lessons um, which was cool. Uh, one thing that was not cool is the plan was she was going to warm me up for dressage. And so the way we do the virtual lessons is like we FaceTime and I have a headset on, you know, and so I had a Friday dressage ride and we went to FaceTime each other and the the cell signals were like, there were so many people that we couldn't get through. Like service at Kentucky is terrible. I don't know if you had that problem, Tyler. Uh, yeah, I didn't have any use yeah. of my phone uh, on <laughs> Friday, Saturday. Like it just like was non-existent. It's it just, yeah, exactly. But like, I didn't think about that because on Thursday she helped me in the warm up, or, you know, when we got to do ring familiarization and everything was fine, but I guess there weren't as many people there. And then on Friday, you know, I'm all like, cool, I've got my plan. I'm like, great, Melissa's going to help me. Like, we could not connect. And so finally, I was just like, screw it. I've got to just remember what she told me and do it on my own. And um, Barry overall, like, I do think it was my best five-star test. Uh, I don't think that the score necessarily showed that because it was, it was like similar to my other scores. Um but I think in general, like, the judging was quite tough. Um, so at least they were kind of scoring harshly on everybody. I would say, like, most people's scores were a couple points above their average score. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I would agree with that. So I don't know. But anyways, I was like, we got a 38. I was like, all right, not ideal, but I, I'm going to finish on it. Like, that's my plan. Um, so cross country day, I set out and like, as soon as I got on him, I knew I was like, all right, we got it. Um, although I hate going in the afternoon cause we didn't go to like, I don't know, two something maybe. Yeah. Two forty, I think. And, um, just the waiting is what kills me. Um, so I, I took a nap before cross country, which was fantastic. Um, and because I was like, I just need to like stop thinking. And luckily my body let me sleep a little bit. And then I woke up and I was like, all right, game time. Let's go. And Barry was phenomenal. Like, I mean, that horse is just like wants to do the job. And he's so clever and he's so fast too. Like it was not that hard for me to make the time. And I don't mean that in a cocky way, but like he's just we've gotten to know each other enough. Like I barely have to set him up for the jump. Like he's so balanced. I just kind of like gallop down, sit up and he's like, okay, you know? Um, and so that's just like, 
you save a lot of time when you don't have to spend a bunch of time setting up. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we uh, jumped clean, made time. We did get held on course. I almost forgot about that. Yeah, I was um, going to say this is where our stories kind of intersect from the weekend. Yes. So um, I had just gotten through the head of the lake and Barry and I are galloping down. I'm like on my minutes. I'm like ahead of my minutes and I'm two thirds of the way done with the course and I'm feeling really good. And then we're galloping down this lane and this guy with a red flag just like waves it in the air and Barry sees the flag and is like, whoa, like he just backs up and is like, I was like, oh gosh, this is how I die. Like, this is how Barry gets injured from a red flag. But I mean, luckily he pulled up and, um, you know, I was told that there's a hold on course and I didn't really know what was going on. Like they didn't give you much information Um, but yeah, so like, I didn't really know. They said that their horse had to get taken, you know, away in an ambulance. They didn't say like who or anything. Um, and so I was just hanging out and luckily Barry, uh, was calm, you know, like he was like, all right, this is real weird, but I guess I'll hack around. And (laughs) then luckily, when it's time to go, he picked back up just fine and finished the course like a beast. So, um, yeah, do you want to interject here with why there was a hold on the course? Yeah, that was sad. So um, I, I did. I, I thought about you for uh, as as half a second as I could attend to. I was like, Emily's out there somewhere on course right now, just be bopping around waiting. Um But as uh, most of our listeners probably know, if they followed the Kentucky News at all, um, Jenny had to pull Stella Artois up two fences from home um, because she had sustained a tendon injury on course. And uh, from my understanding of the situation, it happened like at that jump and she pulled her up like three, four strides later. Like uh, Jenny was amazing to think so quickly and to be able to pull her up I, I i never saw actually like the video i think they ended up taking it down from the live stream um but from my understanding they were basically like pointed at another jump and jenny was just like nope we're stopping um and we were at that point like they were two from home so we were standing at the finish with the halter like ready to do the whole like pit crew vet box thing and the way that they said it over the loudspeaker was that like jenny has parted ways from stella artois so i was like oh no like what happened jenny fell off and i think a lot of people had that same thought of like oh jenny fell off because she jumped off so quickly like, yeah when she, she felt it yeah because yeah. she like pulled her and then jumped jumped off of her um and like you know even jenny she said she was like i was out of breath and like i couldn't really get like anyone immediately to like take me very seriously like hey like i need help uh and like yeah. jenny jenny's Tati's such a strong horse so she's like hey like i need help and obviously i'm sure like that it was like a split second, like when your adrenaline's pumping and stuff like that. Like the they did, they got the they got the vets there and they got the um, everyone to like just kind of get to action and and everything like that. But um, 
yeah, at the at the moment she was non weight bearing, so we had to kind of just very tactfully get her onto the trailer to get her off the course. So that's why that hold took a little bit longer than needed. Um, but I mean, we basically got over across the street, uh, took X-rays to make sure that there wasn't anything worse than what we thought. Um, and then it was like doing post cross country aftercare, just, you know, not where you necessarily want to be, uh, hosed her off, iced her. Uh, they gave her lots of stuff to make her feel comfortable. And she was like acting like her Stella Artois self. She has a really, really big personality. And she was kind of just like coming bold at me. And I was like, well, she, she clearly like feels okay. Cause she's acting, acting like herself. And like, luckily she's a tough, tough mare. Um, and you know, even just a couple days later, she was walking pretty normally looking uh she's still in kentucky right now because they're gonna wait and make sure like she's okay to ship uh it's hard to scan those injuries when they're so fresh so um i think chronicle of the horse posted an update on all of that as well um but yeah i mean i think the biggest thing for for myself and for also jenny was that like we're just so grateful that she's okay and that Jenny was able to think so quickly uh, because there can be a different outcome when something like that happens on course and mm -hmm. you don't pull up. And I feel like this is one of the things that like, ju it just happens, right? Just like uh, if you watch runners sprinting at the Olympics, like some of them will like rupture their hamstring while they're running and it just, it just happens. Um, and, and it's, part of sport and like you could walk down the stairs and twist your ankle and and sustain a tendon injury like and, and I think that's where people get like lost in the why did this happen it, it, it just does when you do sports like if you jump hurdles yeah. you might twist your ankle like you might blow out your hamstring you might have a tendon injury I have injuries all the time um and and like I said I think we're just really happy that Toddy's gonna be okay that's the most important thing, right? So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 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 That she can be your horse one day, right, Tyler? Yeah, exactly. Maybe you'll <laughs> maybe you'll, maybe you'll see us going novice. I don't know. I think she would probably pull my arms out of the sockets <laughs> if I tried to go novice with her. But you know, a girl can dream, and. Uh, yep. Yeah, I can't wait to have her back uh, in Pennsylvania when she's ready. And I'm just gonna feed her donuts and tell her that she's the most perfect horse in the world. And like. If one thing I will say, like, I'm glad that they were almost at the end of the course because mm -hmm. I feel like with, like, two years ago when we had Kentucky and Lemoulin both go poorly, um, obviously she finished fourth at the Maryland Five Star, but, like, in there's never been a question in my mind that the horse is a five-star horse, and I hope that by the fact that they were you know, two from the end, right on the minute markers, that no one else has a doubt in their mind that Toddy is a five-star horse either. And like, at this point, she's proven it to us and she doesn't owe us anything else. For sure. 100%. So uh, I guess all that's left, we kind of, that covers cross-country day for the well, most part. Out of, out of curiosity, like what, what yeah. did you like, 20 minutes is a long time. Like, what did you think? Mm -hmm. to yourself mm -hmm. like how did you keep your focus without exhausting yourself like what was going through your head 
Oh, well, actually, funny story, because it was just after the head of the lake, so there was still some spectators. And when you're on hold, like, you're not on course, so people can talk to you and whatever. And these little girls came running up to me, and they're like, we love Barry! And, like, it was so cute. Like, it just put a smile on my face, and I was like... And then there was this other family that, you know, like, talked to me a little bit. And then uh, my friend Gina, who was grooming for me, she... Like, when the hold was, you know, long enough, they, like, shuttled her up to me. And um, anyway, so then we talked for a while. <laughs> and that was – and Barry just walked around. And um, I tried pouring water on him. Like, they gave me a water bottle, and I was like, oh, I'll try to cool him off. And he did not enjoy that. So um, he just – yeah, he basically, like, cooled himself off just by walking. So Good boy. Good boy. Yeah. So uh, that is that is what I did. I've only been hold, held one other time on course at a four-star short, so, like, completely different thing. But, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess, like, you hate to be held on course, but also once you've done it, you're like, okay, it sucks, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Well, um, and I, I think it goes to who you are as a person and like the skills that you've fostered in yourself as well right because someone that is really high anxiety or high worry like they might spend that time exhausting themselves just like obsessing over the rest of the course whereas you like practice meditation practice yoga like you know at that moment like there's nothing that you can control like you just have to wait for them to say like hey you can finish the course right now so there's no point in wasting your energy or stressing it's just like hey i'm just gonna use this time to relax breathe and then continue yeah so, you know, I've trained for this, I guess. <laughs> so. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, okay, show jump day. Uh, another day where I rode late in the day. I went into show jumping in 11th, so I was like, you know, more towards the end of the order. And uh, I took a nap again before show jumping because, like, if you... I didn't do a lot of shopping at Kentucky because it was just like too many people. I just didn't, you know, like I could have wandered around to like keep myself busy, but I was just like, you know what? I'm going to nap. So that's my new thing, I think. Naps. Um, I like it. Naps. Power naps. And then I wake up, I feel refreshed, and uh, I haven't exhausted myself like worrying about what's coming up. So, uh yeah, show jumping. He was pretty perfect in warm up. Um, and like he was jumping well and all of that, but he was like quite rideable in warm up. And then we got into the ring and he was just like a little bit fussy. You know, he was kind of like, don't touch me, let me go. Like, I want to gallop and run and jump and make the crowds go ooh and ah. So um, he jumped clean. We had two seconds of time. Um, which I think if he wasn't fussy, we would not have had that. But um, yeah, so he was a good boy. I mean, it wasn't the most fluid, beautiful round that we've ever had. But I mean, we left the rails up. We did the job. Uh, it moved us up into the top 10. So really can't complain. And I guess I'd rather have him be a little like sassy than be dead tired. You know what I mean? Going into the last day. So 
Yeah, it was great. And then, you know, we stayed for the victory gallop. Um, we were 10th overall and then 6th for the U.S. because they hold the National Five Star Championship at Kentucky. Um, so that was cool. Got some nice ribbons and prizes and prize money. And um, yeah, it was it was a good, good weekend. Um, exhausting overall, but a great, great weekend. Yeah. So one thing that I think like I took for granted was the fact that the last time you and I were at Kentucky was like COVID basically. Uh, yeah. Because like I didn't, the cell phone thing, I didn't expect. And then I forgot, like, I've, I've been to Kentucky pre-COVID twice, uh, but I forgot just how massive the vendor village is. And, like, because I went, I, w- I basically went to groom for Toddy on cross-country day. Like, I knew I mm-hmm. wasn't going to be able to make it up for her dressage just because I couldn't take that much time off of my life and the two jobs that I'm running here. But I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to be there for Tati's cross country. Like I wouldn't be anywhere else in the world. Um, and I tacked her up and everything like that. But it being that I was there Friday through Sunday, like I had a lot of extra time to like walk around the trade fair. And I was like, Oh my God, like the massive amount of horse people. I, I just, I guess I just forgot. And I think part mm-hmm. of that has like lit a spark in me for uh, the horse industry as well again like not that I had lost it or anything but it's just something that I talk about all the time it's hard to navigate your identity as an equestrian when I don't have a horse when I'm not at a barn every day um, but for me like I am still an equestrian it still is a big part of who I am getting to work with my equestrian athletes uh not that I don't like my athletes of other sports but like I love working with equestrian athletes because I feel like we speak the same language we understand each other like I I get why it's so frustrating I get why you know the, the setbacks hit as hard as they can um and like just overall like the weekend for me too was so bittersweet because like Jenny had three horses so and and she had two other grooms there like I I definitely wasn't needed but when I was over with Toddy it was like wow like Jenny's out there taking Foxy cross country and uh you know Sunday morning I I went and visited Toddy over at Haggard and I was like well, I don't know, like, she's really well taken care of here. What am I going to do, like, stare at her all day? No, right. like, I, I got to go back over to Kentucky and, like, help Alexa and Hannah. And uh, I did end up, I, I, I boogied out of there right after a uh, comic show jumped just because I was like, I don't want to add an hour to, like, a nine-hour drive just because, like, everyone's going to be leaving the horse park at the same time. Uh, right. So that was a strategic move for me, but I'm so glad that I stayed for comic show jumping because he jumped like, clean. He jumped double clear, like this OTTB that like grunts over every jump. <laughs> oh, he's just like so perfect. And yeah, I love that's him. awesome. And like that's yeah. another horse that like. Honestly, when I left Jenny's, I kind of joked with like Jenny and Alexa. I was like, I don't know, like. I'll be scared for the day that Comet goes five star. And like, he's proven himself like twice now. Like once is like, okay, yeah, like maybe. No, like that horse is a five star horse. So cool to hear his story. Like so cool to see how much he's grown. And like, he's a sweetheart. And, uh, you know, 
Alexa has a better relationship with Effie Lifestyle than I do. And I still love Foxy for who he is. He just doesn't like me that much. That's what I tell Jenny all the time. Um, but I was super happy that she was able to have, you know, top 20 finishes on both of those horses as well. Um, and, like, I, obviously because I left after uh, comics show jumping, I didn't stay for the prize giving. And so when I saw the pictures get posted of, like, Alexa on comic and the prize get, like, I actually cried a little bit. I was like, yeah, there that is, was the best. It's so cute. Like, there's no one that deserves it more. Like, Alexa has known all three of those horses since they were, like, four and five-year-olds. Um, I, I, Alexa tells this story about when she, like, first started working for Jenny, I think she made a comment about how, like, Toddy wasn't that nice of a jumper. And so, like, Jenny, like, put her on Toddy and, like, made her jumper. And, like, Toddy was, like, a six or six-year-old at the time. Um, and obviously uh, have, have proven Alexa wrong there seven times to Sunday. But, yeah, it's just, like, cool to see the relationship and sticking with it. And, like, I'm so grateful that like Jenny and I do have the relationship that we do like she's super excited for like my sports psychology stuff like she cheers me on um and if she calls me up and says I need you to be at this big show like I'll do everything in my power to be there for her because she loves the horses first and foremost and like she just reinforced that this week uh two weekends ago when she pulled up toddy and she was more upset that like yeah, she, she kept apologizing to me. I'm like, Jenny, like, stop apologizing. Like, you didn't do anything wrong. Like, you literally made the best decision that anyone has ever made. And I don't think many riders can make decisions that quickly. Yeah. I mean, it's so impressive because it's like, I think some riders would have been like, Mm, I'm almost home. Let's just try to like nurse it around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we'll we'll deal with this tonight. Like this is tonight, yeah. Future us, but right. You know. No, I mean that was great horsemanship, and I'm glad Toddy's gonna be okay. Yeah. So, um, real quick shout out to Tammy Smith. I am so thrilled that she won. Like me too. It was such a needed victory for the u.s since we haven't won that five star in what like what was it 15 years or something yeah, it was i guess philip was yeah that's when philip won so yeah 15 years um but amazing and like t i love tammy so like she's she's awesome i got to know her last year at like badminton more and uh i i just think that was a great, great day of sport for U.S. eventing. Yeah, no, I, I'm su super happy for her, too. Like, I, I've been to um, two, two Nations Cups with her. Um, and, and yeah, she's I've seen her career with that horse. And uh, the horse has a really cool story, too. So it's just, like, it's fun. It's fun to see people in the sport like cheering each other on too mm -hmm. and like you know I feel like no one's no one's more deserving of that than Tammy and yeah just just freaking awesome I, the energy of Kentucky even with the like heartbreak that I felt for Toddy I was mm -hmm. just like I, I love this sport I love this sport yeah yeah it definitely remind like there is there's just something special about Kentucky and I don't really feel it at Maryland yet and maybe like once it gets more established and like I've done it more but 
you know, like Kentucky, I think because I grew up going to Kentucky, it just feels so special. Like it just, it, a couple times throughout the weekend, like I just got emotional thinking about how cool it was to be there, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah. Well done to everyone who made Kentucky happen this year and all the support crew behind each and every horse and rider. So yay, Kentucky 2023. Uh, Yeah, I do. It does crack me up that Kentucky like gets on social media like the next day and is like, buy your tickets for next year. (laughs) They are serious about this stuff. they're sellers. They are they sellers. They get in there, but... Yeah. All right. Time for our uh, training and grooming tip of the month? Yes. Do you have one? Did you prepare one? Uh, No, this is going to be an on-the-fly training tip. Okay, let's hear okay. it. Okay. If you're at a show and you have some downtime and you're getting nervous, try to take a nap. There That's you go. training tip. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, if if you're kind of like, if you can do power naps. I know some people can't, but I swear to God, game changer for me. I love it. I love it. What do you have? Are you going to come up with something on the fly? I I also was not, I thought about it like at the beginning. I was like, oh, are we going to do that this episode? Um, So yes, (laughs) I, I thought about it. Did I come up with something? No. So this is my come up on the fly, uh, tip as well. Um, my my tip is going to be if you are grooming for someone, whether they are going beginner novice, novice, prelim, or five-star, try to build some form of a relationship with them because I feel like it's going to be a better working situation. And I'm not saying to be best friends and go to parties together, like have a drink at the bar. But, like, you have to understand and appreciate who that person is as a person to be able to do that job. Because grooming is essentially living someone else's dream and helping support someone else's dream. And, like, it, the, the, I loved it. Like, I loved, I always said, I'm the guy in the chair, right? Like, the, the, in the superhero movies, I loved being the guy in the chair. But it's so much better when you like have that relationship, have that bond. And then you can start to anticipate needs, wants, feelings. You can understand like, you know, if a day is tense, maybe it's not on you. Maybe it's something else that's going on. And I just think that, yeah, have some sort of a relationship with with who you're who you're working for. That is a fantastic on the fly tip. Tyler and I feel that was like a deep I think that's very important so well done you knocked it out of the the park thank you thank Um, you yeah so uh what's next um we are headed to Wisconsin uh do you have the farm name off the top of your head because it's not coming to mind uh creek Creek, creek, oh God, this looks oh bad. Oh my gosh, this is bad. <laughs> We're going to Wisconsin. We're going so. to Wisconsin. It's July uh, 15th and 16th, right? July yep. 15th and 16th. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Oh, Hollow Creek Farm in Perfect. Menominee, Wisconsin. I definitely said that. Menominee. Oh my God, Menominee. <laughs> 
That is the best butchering of a Wisconsin town I've ever heard. Like Wait, you got Minamoni? Is that what you call? I think so. That's what it looks like on paper. Menominee people. It's Menominee. Menominee, so, Wisconsin. Um, they, anyways, where they, where they drink from the bubbla. <laughs> from the bubbla. So that's where we're gonna be. And yep. um, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you. And we may have some other clinics this year. We've had people reach out. I think it's just a timing thing and scheduling thing. So we will keep you all posted. Yeah, no. And uh, I am excited to be going to Wisconsin in the summer because we have literally like yes. always gone in like winter or like fall, late, late, late fall. So this will be an exciting trip to Wisconsin. Um, also on the horizon, uh, th- we've got some collections for some like really cool guest episodes of the podcast. So uh be on the lookout for those and don't be alarmed if it's just me and not Emily because your girl just opened a farm in Aiken. She's got 12 horses. She's got renters. She's got a lot of stuff. She's got a whole cross country course to maintain. So we will still be bringing you plenty of whole equestrian regularly scheduled content. But uh, I we had a lot of people reach out and I was like, look, I've got more time in my days and life and schedule so i'm gonna try to connect with those people and get some of those episodes out for your listening pleasure and i'm looking forward to that as well because i think you're a great interviewer and i just get to um hopefully i can jump in on at some point again but uh, i appreciate everybody understanding that uh we've been a bit busy so this episode is late haven't been as active on social media, but it will all come back around. And Tyler, you have been amazing, kind of taking the reins and uh, making things still happen. So thanks for that. Very, very welcome because I love, like, you know, people always ask me, like, do you guys make money for this? Blah, blah. I'm like, you know, I just like helping people. And I love, like, I love these conversations that we have um and the more that we can get connected to like like-minded people in our community the more wind i feel is in my sails a hundred percent agree so awesome awesome all right well thank you so much for listening we're bridging the gap between riding and wellness and in the meantime enjoy the ride <laughs>